Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 31 of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So last we left off, uh, things had taken a rather dark turn. Marco had been killed by Scar, and Envy is none too happy about this, you know. That constitutes a prominent sacrifice being lost to them. You know, it is sort of nice, in a weird sort of way, how Hawkeye and Edward had this talk. I mean, obviously they weren't talking about good things, but, you know, Hawkeye's always been kind of distant to everyone except Mustang, and that she's sort of getting along with other people's kind of nice. You know, it's not like she ever really needed to, but... I feel like considering that everybody here is under the thumb of Wrath, you know, they would do well to stick together. You know, I do find it interesting that this is sort of like the Elric brothers learning about a major historical event in real time, especially considering that the war was somewhat recent and pretty important. You would think, if nothing else, being state alchemists and state alchemist adjacent, they would at least know a little bit about it. Like... I mean, I, I can grant that people like Mustang aren't exactly proud about what they did, so they wouldn't be proclaiming themselves to be heroes, but I feel like, you know, if anyone, maybe Armstrong, out of his shame would be willing to decry what had happened. But I suppose that might be taken as sedition or insubordination or something like that. 
So this is another interesting little development that Ed has caught on to. You know, when he was prevented from using alchemy, so were other alchemists. And, you know, even though they were prevented from doing anything, Scar and Mei Chang weren't, so, you know, there has to be some other bit of information that they can use whether it's to get their bodies back or to fight the homunculi, you know, there is useful information out there that can help. And if nothing else, you know, that's a little bit of hope, and sometimes that little bit of hope is all you need to keep on going. So now we touch on Havoc again after a couple episodes. You know, they've sort of um, just given him some free weights. The idea being, you know, while you're sitting here idle, you could at least sort of like maintain some degree of your physique. It's not particularly sensitive to his condition, but at the same time, you know, just pitying him wouldn't do him any good either, you know. He doesn't exactly need a kick in the pants, but, you know, a little bit of a push, I feel, is not misplaced. You know, there really is this air of desperation, because Mustang's team is essentially being broken up and spread out across the whole of Amestris. Everyone's sort of resolute, but at the same time, I feel like most of them don't grasp the true weight of the situation here. You know, only Mustang and Hawkeye really know what's going on. You know, they're talking in very plain language, but they are definitely saying more than their words suggest. It just seems like the way, you know, Hawkeye said, don't get yourself killed, and he immediately sort of, like, stopped writing. I don't know, I think that's a very human thing to add to animation, you know, the sort of way he responded to an otherwise innocuous statement. And I'd imagine this period in which they're all sort of separate is going to be rough on everyone. I do find it interesting that uh, Mustang sort of thinks of his subordinates as chess pieces. I wouldn't exactly call them analogous to all the various pieces, but... You know, referring to Hawkeye as the Queen, I'd say, is a, a pretty fair statement. How clever, he's managed to uh, spread a little message through the chessboard. So you know, Mustang's right, he isn't in checkmate just yet. 
even though things are pretty grim. So fortunately for the Elric brothers, Mustang is willing to help out on trying to get information about Alkahestry and all that. I mean, without his uh, support staff, I, I kind of have to wonder if Mustang is really as, um, as shrewd and as effective as he would otherwise be. I mean, obviously he's going to be hampered in some way. I mean, in all likelihood, that was Rat's goal, just to sort of, like, hamstring him, because, you know, getting rid of him altogether might be a bit too suspicious, but if you just sort of neutralize him, you don't have to worry too much. You know, that's an oddly guarded conversation they just had. About Ed saying you would continuously borrow more money, and Mustang says, you know, you're not going to let me off the hook, are you? And he said, you know, I'll pay you back when this country's a democracy. It, it seems to me that Ed is sort of, um... In the nicest way possible, sort of holding him responsible for Ishval. I mean, I guess it's kind of understandable in a way, but like... You know, you know him personally, you know he's not a monster. You know, I just noticed something. Mustang has, like, the faint little outline of, um, the alchemical symbols he carved into his hand. That's a neat little thing that I didn't notice before, you know, like... Because when he killed Lust, he did, in fact, like, carve the alchemical circle into his hand, and, you know... It's healing, but it's not entirely gone away yet. So I feel like Foo's being a little bit harsh here, you know. I... I mean, I can understand being a bit upset about uh, your clansman hacking off your own arm. But... Well, you know... Maybe you just didn't truly grasp the magnitude of the situation. Like... 
I mean, I'd imagine he's pretty used to carnage and stuff like that, but at the same time, you know, he's not used to his own kindred suffering like that, to this degree, I'd imagine. At least not while still living. So ultimately, Fu and Lan Fan are still honorable. You know, their major concern about finding an automail engineer is that if they were to get the Elric brothers to help them, they would implicate the engineer and thus put them in danger. And that's not something they're willing to do. So obviously they're going to have to use uh, slightly more clandestine methods. You know, it really does seem like things are in a bad way here, but there is that little bit of hope. You know, Mustang got a message through to that elderly general. Lanfan is going to get a prosthetic arm. The Elric brothers have learned about Alkahestry and how it can potentially work, both to help against the homunculi and potentially to even get their bodies back. Like, despite how bad things are, there's that little bit of hope that's crucial to just keep on going. And I think even for the Doctor, there's a little bit of hope. You know, it, it's pretty clear he's seen and done some horrible things. I would have to imagine that taking care of people who are grateful is probably affecting him more than he would let on. Alright, so what precipitated this event, I wonder? You know, it seems like his estranged family just sort of showing up, apropos of nothing. I mean, it's weird in a way, you know. Despite being estranged, they seem to be on surprisingly good terms. You know, I almost have to wonder if they were estranged to them both being too stubborn, and that the problems that sort of caused this rift were really much smaller than either of them had imagined. I mean, his son's even, like, telling him to his face, I want to be a doctor like you. You know, it almost seems like a little bit of a coincidence. You know, I feel like something had to have precipitated this. Someone perhaps meddling a little bit.
So this is interesting, you know, we're sort of looking at Kimberly a little bit more. It seems that the reason he might be imprisoned is because he decided to keep the stone against orders and uh, killed anyone who knew he had it. I guess that's pretty good reason to imprison him, you know, if as if war crimes weren't a good enough reason. And worse yet, you know, he still has the stone, albeit he's in prison and he can't clap his hands together as he normally would. Alright, so now the plot's getting really thick. He is, in fact, being released. So I feel like if he's being released, the homunculi are behind this, you know. They've furnished him with a suit, and he's being released from what was presumably a life sentence. The worst part about all of this is that he's insufferably smug, you know. Perhaps I deserve to go free, he says. Oh dear. I feel like that's a bad omen, you know, shaking somebody's hand, left-handed. But, you know, it turns out to be uh, pretty well-founded. Kimberly just sort of transmuted a little bomb onto his wrist. Now, that bomb was a toy, but I feel like, uh... There might be, like, a double fake-out or something. You know, I don't trust Kimberly, And frankly, I don't think anyone should. I mean, I guess given that he's just being released from prison, he's not too... keen on immediately getting tossed back in with good cause. So, like clockwork... It was, in fact, the homunculi who got him released, and they've done so because they want his help. Alright, so in all likelihood, Dr. Marco is not dead. Or at least Envy seems to think he's still alive. And he's sort of, um, pulled a fast one with the help of Scar, as it were. So this sets up an interesting dynamic. You know, Kimberly and Scar have a personal connection here. If Scar is going to be personally hunted down by Kimberly because of his association with Dr. Marco, I feel like this is, uh, setting up a rather interesting conflict here. You know... If Scar is unwilling to kill Marco, he must have a good reason for it. You know, he wants him to atone. So I feel like there's going to be some conflict here whereby Scar is going to have to make a choice. You know, a sort of choosing between what is expedient and what is in accordance with his morals. And I feel like Kimberly is going to force that decision in a way that's uh, ultimately not beneficial to everyone. 
So here's something interesting. Scar is, as of yet, unwilling to kill Dr. Marco, if only because he has not yet told him the full history of what had happened. And since Dr. Marco is really the only one who knows anything in any complete sense, you know, killing him would cause the information to be lost permanently. And at least right now, that's not something he's willing to have happen. Man, I feel really bad for Dr. Marco in a sense, you know. Everybody wants to know how to craft the Philosopher's Stone, but, you know, they seem to approach the idea without even the possibility of considering that it might be an absolutely horrific thing to create. So, you know, Scar's obviously done this for pragmatic reasons, maiming Dr. Marco, but I feel like, you know, maybe he could have been a little bit more delicate about it. I can see why he wouldn't want to be, but, you know, causing needless suffering doesn't seem like it's going to make anything better in the long run. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.